Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead up here in Big Church. You can open up your Bible to the book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 20. We also, you can pull out your sermon notes. You can follow along inside your bulletin there. Later on, we're going to flip over and look at uh, James chapter 5. So we'll be looking at two scriptures here this morning with that. Um, uh, there was this man, one time he was visiting some different churches up in the northeast. He was around New York, Boston area. He walked in and visited that church, and there was a sign on the wall that said, um, uh, payphone, it's $10,000 for one minute. It's an expensive payphone. So the visitor asked the pastor, why? Why does this cost so much? That's the most expensive payphone I've ever seen. And the pastor says, oh, that's a direct line to heaven. God answers on the other line. You can call and speak to God for $10,000 a minute. That's a great way to fundraise. So he went around all the different churches there in the Northeast, and he saw that. All the churches up there tended to have $10,000 for one minute. Well, this guy was touring America, so he came down here to Kentucky. He walks in a church very similar to ours. And he noticed he walked in, the, walked in the church and there was another payphone on the wall and it said 25 cents a minute. He thought, wow, you know, that's a lot less than $10,000 a minute. So he asked the pastor here in Kentucky, why does this phone cost so much less than up in the Northeast? And the pastor said, well, here in Kentucky, everything's better in Kentucky. So that is certainly true than comparing it to the Northeast. I share that funny story because we are talking about prayer. We are talking about speaking to God. You're about to see the, uh, uh, a healing that's going to occur to a man named King Hezekiah. This is the third of four parts of a sermon series. We look, we're looking at Hezekiah's life. Two weeks ago, first part, we looked about Hezekiah came from a na- man named Ahaz, who is a very wicked father, a wicked king. And Hezekiah did not let his father's poor example influence him. Last Sunday, we saw how Hezekiah, when he came into his kingship, when the first thing he started doing is start getting rid of things, the high places and the idols that were all around his country there in Israel. And he started inviting people back to church. He rebuilt the temple. He reopened the temple. They had closed it. And he, he was cleaning house, so to say, when he came to power. And today we're going to see a passage in Scripture. How Hezekiah is about to die. Or he's not about to die. He's been told he's going to die. And he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord gave him a 15-year life extension. Wouldn't you love to have a life extension when you're told you're about to die? Even when the doctors tell you they can't do anything left, there's nothing more they can do, the Lord stepped in and says, No, Hezekiah, because of your faithfulness, I'm going to give you an extension. I'm going to tell you all a true story before we read this, because this this happened here. Um, As you all know, I send out what my scripture passage is, uh, what I'm going to preach on, usually on Fridays, and... Sonny and Sandy Chloe, why don't you all raise your hand right there? They're on the fourth pew. So they uh, saw the scripture was on Hezekiah's healing, his 15-year life extension. And 
Sonny called me yesterday and says, Pastor, I want to tell you a story of what happened to me. He says, 11 and a half years ago, I was having major surgery. Very dangerous surgery. Surgery that it, it, it wasn't always the best prognosis. And the doctor warned me going, and this is not, it's not very reassuring going into surgery. The doctor warned me. He says, Mr. Cloyd, you might not make it through this surgery. This is a difficult and dangerous surgery. There's a likelihood that you could die on the operating table. Well, that's not reassuring going in um, when you hear news like that. But still, he had to have the surgery to live. So a lot of times you don't have a lot of options in life. So his wife, Miss Sandy here, remembered this prayer here in 2 Kings chapter 20. And remember what Hezekiah did. He prayed to the Lord. And she asked God to heal her husband, to bring him through surgery, and to give him 15 more years of life. She asked for the extension, the life extension. And God answered that prayer, and Sonny made it through surgery, and that was 11 and a half years ago today. So Sandy, God answered your prayer. Now the dangerous part of that, you know what that means. There's a countdown. There's three and a half years. That's the problem when you ask for the 15-year extension. Because you know you're really, the clock is ticking there against you. But, Sonny, we're glad God answered that prayer. We're glad you're here. But that, that is an example of God answering prayer. And there will come a time in your life where you will be faced with something very similar. Where whether it's the doctor, whether it's uh, an accident, cancer, a disease, whatever it's going to be, you are going to face a similar situation where death is right up against you. And you know only one person can heal you. There's nothing else the doctors can do. Only the Lord can heal you and bring you through and extend your life. The Bible tells us that God holds our life in His hands. He's the one that giveth and He taketh away. If God wants to give you a 15-year life extension, there's no reason, he, no problem at all for Him not to be able to do that. And we have to have the faith and the trust that only the Lord can do it. So we're going to read this story here about Hezekiah. Here it is, 2 Kings chapter 20. Follow along in your Bible. In those days, Hezekiah became terminally ill. It means he was going to die. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came and said to him, This is what the Lord says. Set your house in order, for you are about to die, and you will not recover. That's not a good visit from the prophet right there. Do you know what it means to set your house in order? That means it's time to get your will ready. That means it's time to get all your papers because you're going to make a transfer of ownership. All your deeds, all your titles, all your mortgages, if you have one, whatever you own, it's not going to be yours anymore. You're going to pass it along to someone. Because you're about to meet God. You need to get prepared for a transition. Remember the Bible tells us that God is the God of the living and the dead. So even when you die, the Lord is still the Lord. So whether we're alive or we're dead, the Lord is the Lord. 
But Hezekiah is being told now by the prophet Isaiah. He was the prophet at this time. He wrote the book of Isaiah, a fantastic prophet, prophesied from the Lord. Hezekiah believed him. Isaiah did not lie. If Isaiah told you you were going to die, you were going to die. Because Isaiah is not speaking on his behalf. He's speaking on behalf of the Lord. So Hezekiah hears this news, and he's not going to recover. We also one day will, will likely hear news like this. If you have a doctor who's honest with you, a lot of doctors won't always tell you the truth. They want to be positive. But sometimes you need an Isaiah in your life. An Isaiah in your life is the man or the woman that comes to you and says, you need to get your house in order. You're terminally ill. You're not going to make it. Now look what Hezekiah does here. When you hear basically the most devastating news you can hear, I don't know what's worse than that, but you're going to die is the news. It says here in verse 2, Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. I'll explain what that means. I'll illustrate this. Hezekiah was the king. So that meant there would have been attendants around him. So he's there sick, and we most likely think he had a skin disease. And the prophet busts in the room and say, Sir, you're going to die. Go ahead and get your house in order. That meant Hezekiah knew some other attendants there around him likely heard the news. So they were aware of the news. But it says that he faced the wall. When you face the wall, that meant he didn't want anyone else to hear his prayer. He didn't want anyone else to see his tears. So all the attendants are over there. He came and did this. Kind of unusual, but he's shielding himself. Because only the Lord's going to be able to hear what he's going to say. There comes a time in your life that you need the Lord, and he's your only hope. And Hezekiah is at that sign. He's at that time right now. So he goes and faces the wall. No one's going to see what he's going to say. No one's going to see the tears but God. So he goes and he faces the wall and he prayed to the Lord. Please, Lord, remember how I have walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly. Lord, I have been faithful to you. And not only that, And I have done, Lord, what pleases you. God, I've lived my life to please not other people. I have lived a life that honors you, God, and you alone. And Hezekiah, look at this. He wept bitterly. He's facing the wall. He's crying. This is the king of Judah. He's the top guy. And he's received terrible news. He's going to die with his skin disease. And he doesn't want to cry in front of his attendants. He's talking only to the Lord. And he asked God, Lord, just remember my faithfulness. I have been so consistent and wholehearted to you all the days of my life. Now Isaiah was a prophet who is obviously in tune with the Lord. And it says here in verse 4 that he had not yet gone out of the inner courtyard. When the word of the Lord came to him. So Isaiah's leaving. He came just like the mailman and delivered his news. Dropped off the mail. Terrible announcement. You're going to die. Get your house in order. You're not going to recover. This is it. So he's leaving. But he hasn't quite left the palace. 
And God spoke to Isaiah again. Look what he said. Go back and tell Hezekiah. So we've got to make a return trip. You go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people. This is what the Lord God of your ancestor David says. Now look at what God says. I have heard your prayer. Hezekiah prayed to God. This is why prayer is so important. We don't pray to other people. We don't pray for show. We're not pray- he wasn't praying for the attendance. He's praying to the Lord. Only the Lord is the audience. It's an audience of one. When you can, remember, I've said it before. When you come in here to worship, you have only one person who you're here to please. No one else. This is not for show. We're here for Jesus. We're here for God. We're here for our Lord. And he did this. God says, I've heard your prayer, Hezekiah. Not only that, I've seen your tears. I mean, there's a genuine... These aren't fake tears. This isn't fake crying. You genuinely are remorseful. Hezekiah knew he was going to die. And he only had one hope. You get to this point in your life, no one else can help you. But God, I've heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. Look, I, the Lord says, will heal you. What powerful words. What better words could God say? I'm going to heal you. No one else is going to heal you, but I'm going to heal you. If you want a healing this morning, do you know who heals you? It's the Lord. The Lord saw Hezekiah's tears He heard his prayer and he responded and answered with a healing. On the third day from now, you will go up to the Lord's temple. You know, that's what happens. When you get healed, where do you go? You go to church. When someone experiences the power of God, you don't run off on a vacation and say, I'm going to go party and do whatever. No, he says, third day three, you would not normally be at church, but Hezekiah, you're going to get to go to church again. You're going to get to come and worship me. The house of God, this place, is a place of people who've experienced the Lord's healing. Have you ever been healed by the Lord? Sonny, are you glad to be here? You're an 11 and a half year life extension right now. You've got three and a half more years. The Lord healed you. He's at church every time the doors are open. Hezekiah came to the Lord's temple. He didn't want to miss a Sunday. That's what God wants from us. I will add... 15 years to your life. I will rescue you from this city, from the grasp of the king of Assyria. That means Hezekiah, he had people who were fighting against him. The Assyrians were about to attack. But he got the life extension. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Not only Hezekiah, am I going to heal you, I'm going to help you win a military battle. You're going to beat the Assyrians. So not only are you going to get the healing, you're going to experience life of victory. You're going to see the power of God where otherwise you would have witnessed death. That's what the Lord does. He answers our prayers with, I will heal you. The power of the Lord is a healing power. The Lord saves We trust in Jesus as our Savior. We surrender our life. 
but then we live our lives for him. Now, I think about Hezekiah and his faithfulness. Because Hezekiah reminded God, he says, God, remember, I was faithful to you, and I was wholehearted to you all of these days. Lord, remember my prayer. Remember my life. I want to speak to our young people today. The reason why it's so important for children, teenagers, 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 year olds to be faithful to the Lord is because one day when you're 73 and you get the news that Isaiah gave Hezekiah, get your house in order, you've got cancer, you're going to die. And then you pray to the Lord as a 73-year-old man. And God doesn't take your life when you're 73. You make it to 88. God healed you. The faithfulness of your youth, of when you were a young man, all those days of tending church, all those years of being faithful in prayer, praying for other people, studying your Bible, serving, giving, and just being wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord. When your days of trouble come, and they come for all of us, when you're older in life, God looks at your life and says, you have been so faithful to me, you get the extension. I'll give you some more years. You get a 15-year bonus pass here. That was because of the faithfulness of the young years, God answered the prayer in his older years. You know, I think about a couple examples in the Bible. This also happened to other people. Remember the story of Joseph? Joseph was a young man. He was a slave in Potiphar's house. His brother sold him into slavery. You know, when he was in Potiphar's house, he had the opportunity to commit sexual immorality, adultery, fornication with Potiphar's wife. We don't even know the woman's name. But he actually said, I cannot commit this sin. I can't sin against the Lord, and I can't sin against my master, who is your husband, Potiphar. And he ran away, left his coat of many colors there, and he ran away, didn't hop, skip, or jump. He ran out of that situation. Well, he got thrown in jail. You know, poor Joseph, he just had a roller coaster of a life in jail. Sure enough, God gave him the gift to interpret dreams. He interprets Pharaoh's dream, then he gets a promotion out of jail, and he's second in charge. He's the prime minister. Then there's a massive famine there in Egypt, all across the land. But because of Joseph's dreams and the, the leadership of Joseph, Joseph was able to save his brothers and his father Jacob. And they came down out of Israel. Instead of dying in Israel, he brought his family to Egypt and they were saved. But do you know the reason why that occurred with Joseph? Because of his faithfulness as a young man, he honored God and honored his master, Potiphar. He didn't commit the sins of the world. He was faithful. So then when his time of need came, when he was older, God was there saving him and his family from the famine. Remember Daniel? You know, he got thrown into a lion's den, but we always forget that story of lion's den occurred when he was an older man. Well, Daniel was a young man, and he got captured. He was taken off into captivity, into a place by Nebuchadnezzar, into Babylon. Well, he gets off in this new country, and they have unclean food there. It didn't have the Jewish uh, eating. It, didn't have, it wasn't kosher. 
So he had an opportunity to basically eat and defile God's law. But Daniel went up and says, you know, I want to eat vegetables and water. I don't want the king's meat, which was unclean, and wine. I'm going to be, and the wine was worshipped, or had been a sacrifice to idols. He says, I just want to honor the Lord with my vegetables and water. And not only that, Daniel, the Bible says, he was faithful to God, even when there was a law passed that he wasn't allowed to pray. He opened up his window, and he prayed to the Lord three times a day. He wasn't embarrassed. That prayer got him thrown into a lion's den. But God looked at Daniel's life as he's getting thrown into a lion's den, and he saw, you know, my, my servant Daniel here was faithful as a young man. He honored me by not eating food sacrificed to an idol. He honored me by not worshiping Nebuchadnezzar. He was faithful in his prayer life. I think I'll close the mouths of those lions. And Daniel spent a night in a lion's den and lived. The reason why that occurred is because of his faithfulness as a younger man. Our faithfulness to God, our wholeheartedness, when we're in our teenage, 20, 30-year-old lives, then God looks back on our life and He gives us that 15-year extension when we need it and the days of trouble come when we're in our 70s and our 80s. It's going to come for us. And we want to be able to be like Hezekiah and say, Lord, I've been faithful to you all of these years. Lord, I need you now. There will come a day that we need to respond just like Hezekiah. Keep going here in your Bible. It says here, verse 7. Then Isaiah said, bring a lump of pressed figs. So they brought it and applied it to his infected skin. That's how we know Hezekiah has some type of skin disease. We don't know what type of skin disease, but... They took these pressed figs and put it on his arm. And it says, so they brought it out and applied it in his infected skin, and he recovered. Just like that. God used the fig leaves to heal Hezekiah. A miraculous healing right then. Hezekiah had asked Isaiah. We see some doubt here with Hezekiah because he's worried. He's concerned. He wants to make sure he's really going to get a full 15-year life extension. He wants to make sure that life insurance policy is true. So look what Hezekiah does in verse 8. Hezekiah then asks Isaiah, What is the sign that the Lord will heal me and that I will go up to the Lord's temple on the third day? How do I really know I'm going to get to go back to church? How do I know I've got 15 more years? You know, we don't use sundials, but they used sundials back then. That was the oldest instrument to tell time is a sundial. I once, when I was a young man, my parents bought a sundial and we put it in the backyard and I couldn't ever figure out to get to work. I mean, you have to position them just right. Does anybody here have a sundial that actually works in their backyard? Okay, no one. So I tried, so I tried as well. But you, there is a way somehow, if you know, if you understand the sun, you can actually tell time with the sundial on a sunny day. So this is the sign, verse 9, Isaiah said, From the Lord he will do as he promised. Should the shadow go ahead ten steps or go back ten steps? Isaiah is saying, I'm going to move the sun. 
God's going to move the Son to show and confirm to you that you're going to be not just healed just from this one disease, but you're going to go to church again. And you've got 15 more years life. Would you like the Son to move forward? Or would you like it to move backwards? Either way, it's going to move 10 steps. Then Hezekiah answered, It's easy for the shadow to lengthen 10 steps. No, let the shadow go back 10 steps. So the prophet Isaiah called out to the Lord, and he brought the shadow back 10 steps as it had descended on the stairway of Ahaz. Ahaz was his father. His father had built a sundial, and Hezekiah is looking out the window after getting help his healing, and the sun's moving backwards. Guys, only the Lord can do this. He's moving the sun to confirm to Hezekiah that I have healed you. This is no accident. This is no game. This is what the power of prayer and a faithful life does. I plead with you this morning that you are faithful to the Lord all the days of your life. And then when you get news such as this, you cry out to God and say, Lord, just like Hezekiah, I have served you wholeheartedly. You are my God. Lord, I don't, I'm not ready to die. Heal me, Lord. And God heard that prayer. Flip over in your Bible to the book of James because the book of James speaks about healing. Do you know our faithfulness to the Lord? Why you turn there? I have a quote. We're going through a study on, on, um, on Saturday mornings by Tony Evans, a men's Bible study. I have a quote up here from Tony Evans. This is about faithfulness. He says, I hear people say, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. That is true. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. But don't forget, Hezekiah, when he got killed, where did he go? He went to church. And they're absolutely right. Salvation is through faith alone in Christ alone. In a little bit, we'll have an opportunity for you to get saved. Give your life to Christ. But you don't have to go home to be married. But you stay away long enough, and your relationship or your marriage will be affected. You stay gone from your spouse too long and it will take a toll on your marriage. You might miss a Sunday or two, but week after week after week, it compounds and it affects your spiritual life. I share this because Hezekiah had the opposite. The opposite is true of this too. You're faithful throughout your life serving the Lord. You're faithful in your marriage. You grow closer to your spouse. You grow closer to the Lord. Hezekiah, when he receives this news, he reminded God of his faithfulness. God's calling you and I to be faithful to him, to be faithful in our marriages, and to be wholeheartedly in our devotion to God. Hezekiah went to church. When he was healed. Look what the book of James says. This is what we're to do when we know of someone who's sick. There's sick people all around us. There's people who need your prayers. One of the greatest blessings that you and I can do for folks is to actually pray for them. That's called intercessory prayer. Yes, we need to be friendly. Yes, we want to be a friend. 
Yes, you want to you have feelings, if, uh, offer compassion, but praying for someone is asking and begging the Lord to heal them. And that's what they need. There are some folks, they are in desperate need of a healing. You're here this morning and you are in pain. It's, it's hurting you sitting in a pew. It hurts you to lay down at night. You come and you go. It doesn't matter what's going on. You are in pain. And you need the healing power of God. And the Bible tells us the Lord heals. Look what it says here. James chapter 5, verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Do you know anybody sick? Have you ever seen our prayer list here at church? There's sick folks, sick needs all around. He should call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him. That's Brother Hurd. You want Brother Hurd praying. You want your deacon praying for you when you're sick. You want your Sunday school class lifting you up to the Lord. Praying over them. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Oil is a symbol of cleansing. It's a purifying effect. The oil doesn't save us. You're showing to the Lord. Saying, God, I, we're asking for your, your power over this person. Over this disease. Over this addiction. Lord, only you can deliver. Only you can heal. Look at this. The prayer of faith. The prayer of faith there will save the sick person. That's the prayer that Hezekiah had. His faithfulness in his life brought healing to him. The prayer of faith meant he believed God could do it. It wasn't for show. He wanted to face the wall. It wasn't for any, any recognition. The prayer of faith will heal the sick person and the Lord will raise him up. Hezekiah got up. He was healed. He looked out. The sun's going backwards on the sundial. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. God even heals us spiritually. We receive a spiritual healing. Therefore, look at this. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. God hears the prayers of His people. That's prayers for healing. It's prayers for being forgiven if you've committed sins. So no matter if you need spiritual healing, you need to be saved and delivered spiritually. You're battling demonic. You have evil influences in your life. You're wrestling with certain types of sin. The Bible tells you, bring it to the Lord. He can deliver us from any type of bondage. You have physical healing. Ask the elders. Ask spiritual, godly people to pray over you. Because God looks at those, the faith of those people. We don't ask lost people to pray for us. We don't ask unchurched people. 
You want godly people, people who are here in this sanctuary praying over you if you need, if you need a healing. Because God looks at the faith of those. One of the great examples, and the last illustration. Do you remember the man who could not walk and he was being carried along on his mat? His friends wanted to get him to Jesus. But they showed up at this house Jesus was teaching in. And the place was packed. I went to Red River Gorge yesterday. And if you ever go to Red River Gorge, it's a neat place. There's only one restaurant you have to eat at. And it's called Miguel's. Who's been to Miguel's Pizza at the Red River Gorge? There we go. More people have been to Red River Gorge and Miguel Pizza than have a sundial. So I was there. And I walk in and it was packed. Packed, packed, packed. So, oh my goodness. It took 35 minutes to get my food. Anyway, whatever. So... I'm there, I finally got it, and this is what it was like for the guys who wanted to bring their friend to see Jesus. They walk in and go, man, there's just no seats. All the pews have been taken. So these folks are determined to get a healing for their friend, who they're carrying along on their mat. What did they do? They dug a hole through the roof, and they lowered him right in front of Jesus. These are Smart. These are good friends. They dug a hole in the mud thatch roof, and here he comes, kind of lowered down. Jesus is teaching. Here comes a man, and the Bible says that Jesus, this is so important, he didn't look at the man and says, Son, your faith, because you are faithful as a young a man who's crippled here, get up, take your mountain walk. It says Jesus looked at the faith of those friends up in the roof. It was the faithfulness and the determination of not the man, but his friends that brought the healing. Many times our healing for us, our spiritual, our physical healing, it's not because of our faithfulness. It's the faithfulness of the prayers of Brother Herb. It's the faithfulness of our, our prayers of Joey Tucker. Our deacons here that are faithful and praying for the needs. God hears those prayers and heals us. This morning, do you need a healing? Do you need to experience the power of God? We've seen in this example, God heals. Physically, Hezekiah received the 15-year life extension. We all want that. When the doctor says there's nothing more, just get your house in order. No. You're getting a 15-year life insurance policy. The sundial goes backwards. But knowing that, the Bible says here in the book of James that you need a healing for forgiveness of sins. We confess our sins. We have people who pray for us to be saved. Maybe someone's praying for you to be saved. Maybe there's someone that all these years they've been faithful to the Lord, praying for God to move in your heart and for you to respond to Him. I'm going to give you an opportunity to get saved this morning. This is what it means to be born again. This is spiritual renewal. Only God heals. Only God saves. Let's bow our heads and pray. I want you to pray along this brief, short prayer. And what you're doing is you're trusting God is your Savior. It's not the words you say. God looks at her heart. Hezekiah said a very brief prayer. Remember, Hezekiah just said, Lord, remember my faithfulness. Remember my wholehearted devotion to 
to you, Lord, please heal me. And God, in that one sentence prayer, healed King Hezekiah. God, I surrender my life to you. You pray along with me if you want to get saved. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Lord, heal me from all the days of my life. I'm yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. You said that prayer. The Bible says you've been born again. Christ calls us to publicly respond to him. What did Hezekiah do? It says on the third day, where did he go? He went to church. And here we are at church. And just like Hezekiah, he came and he was excited and proud to be in that worship service that Sunday. Worshiping the Lord. I want you to respond to God this morning. I want you to stand up. We're going to have our hymn of invitation. Brother Hurd, you come down here and stand up with me. If you want to come, take Brother Hurd's hand. He'll pray for you. You can join our church. If you prayed and got saved this morning, you come make it public. This is your time to respond to God. Gene's going to lead us in a song. We're going to sing. We'll be waiting for you to respond to him.